Hello, brothers and sisters. Pastor Jason here. Good to be back with you here on this episode. I want to thank you again for listening. We've received over 1,325 downloads and plays on our podcast. We have 28 different episodes. This is episode number 29. But I want to thank you for your continued support and listening. And please remember to share those. Go to our webpage at pastorbytes.com. That's B-Y-T-E-S.com. And listen, uh, whatever way you would like to listen to that, uh, you can listen to Google Podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. There's just a various amount of different ways you can consume these episodes. But I want to talk to you on this episode about a very controversial subject. And I just want to warn you before we talk that it is a very, very controversial subject. So I thought it was worth mentioning. I was talking to my family this weekend and we went on a little short trip here and I was talking to them about some things and in the law. And so I want to talk to you about the law and some misconceptions of what the law is and what the law uh, should or should not be. And first of all, I want to say this, that, you know, there's this idea in the church and the church as a whole. I'm not talking about your church or my church only, but the church is a universal church in the in the United States. That's really the only church I can speak of that I'm familiar with. And so that the, there's this idea about the law and that there are certain sects and there are certain people in certain denominations that uh, try to get you to follow the law. And then there are certain denominations or certain other sects of people that would encourage you not to follow the law, that the law was done away with. And and I know that's a very general place to start, but it is the preface of what I want to speak from because there are just some modern misconceptions. And first of all, when we talk about the law, it's important that we understand that there's a lot of different things in Scripture that the law talks about. So let me say it another way. It's important to remember that when we say the law of God, we can be talking about four or five different things when we talk about the law of God. So first and foremost, most people have not put in the amount of study that it takes to be able to even properly talk about the law. And so when they talk about the law, one thing you want to do is you want to find out what part of Scripture they're talking about and what exactly it's saying about the law. For instance, you can say that there is the law of God, and you might be actually be talking about the law of sin and the law of sin and death, which is talked about in Romans chapter 8. And that's not the law at all. That's talking about the law of sin. Remember when Paul says, it's no longer I that sin, that sin that dwells in me. That's talking about the law of sin and death. And so that's not the law of God that I would call it at all. But then you can talk about where Paul speaks just one chapter before in Romans chapter 7 when he says, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So he talks about delighting in the law, but that's not delighting in the law of sin, but that's delighting in what I would call the law of God. So that's very important to talk about, you know, what are you talking about in Scripture? Where are you talking about it? Because we have people that I believe, um, on one end, there are definitely denominations that yield more toward following more rules 
and more regulations and more things to, that you do and don't do. And then there's other denominations that lean toward the other way to where there's more liberty and more this relaxed idea of Christendom that we, you know, just kind of we're all just sinners and there's really nothing we can do about it. So we just kind of do pretty good and, and go on. And, and there definitely is and always will be those different ideas. But really, you know, what I want to talk about a lot is, is what do we do with the law? How do we look at the law? How do we act toward the law? You know, do we just push it off and do away with the law? Absolutely not. We don't just push it off and do away with it. We Do we just try to say, you know, Jesus came and he fulfilled it, so it's no longer? Of course we don't. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. It says this, Think not that I have come to destroy the law. This is Jesus speaking. Or the prophets, I am come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whatsoever therefore, whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and teach men so, you follow on that? So whosoever shall break one of these least commands us and then teach men so, or to teach someone else to break them, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So when he's talking about the law and the prophets, Jesus here in Matthew chapter five is speaking of the Pentateuch or also the Torah. So where he's looking and talking about the law of the prophets and the Torah, the Bible as they knew it then. So the first five books of the Bible, he's looking at the law. One of the first laws that was given that was be, would also be called the law of God. You know, a lot of people, when they think of the law, they think just the 10 commandments, but that is so limited of a view to think that's normally never just the law of God. But one of the first laws that was ever made was in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve when he says, don't partake of this fruit. That was a law. That would be considered part of the, the Pentateuch or part of the Torah law, uh, the, the first five books. So we have to look at those books as a whole. And that's difficult because there was so much said in those. But when Jesus is speaking here, he's talking mainly to the Jewish people and, you know, all of his disciples, they were Jewish people. He was speaking to them. He's speaking to the crowds. He's talking to the people and he's explaining to them. So when he says the law, that wouldn't be like in the United States now that we don't quite understand the law. You know, we think the 10 commandments, but they knew what he was talking about. And he's saying that, you know, not one of these things, you know, don't teach anyone to break these laws. You know, I've come to fulfill them. But he says, if you teach someone to break these laws, and I find that in, in our society today, it's more of a cultural thing, not just a church thing, that we just teach, say, you know what, we're all just messed up. We just make mistakes. So just, oh, well, what do you do? There's nothing you can do about it. But that's not a good theology at all. Jesus says that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall no case enter the kingdom of heaven. And I've heard people say this. I've heard people say, well, if anyone was ever religious, it was the scribes and the Pharisees. Well, that's just simply not true. 
the scribes and the Pharisees, they, they had a lot of traditions and they knew the law well, but they weren't doers of the law. They were hearers of the law, but they weren't doers. They would live. Do you remember when the woman was stoned? They wanted to stone the woman, excuse me, for the adultery. There was more than likely a Pharisee or a Jewish person involved with that sin with that lady, but they would go and they would treat their wives wrong. They would be bad husbands. They would sleep with prostitutes and then they would stand with their nice robes and and their little prayer scrolls and they would say this is how you be spiritual is to know the law so it they weren't people living up to the standard of being good moral people at all they were just people that had positions and that were respected for them being religious and so that's one misconception i see when people talk about the law they say well the the pharisees they were spiritual people no they weren't they weren't at all they were immoral people they weren't moral people at all i'm not saying all were but many were not and jesus is saying you know and and also remember this when the pharisees were dealing with jesus they were constantly telling him that he was in violation of the law. Remember, remember when he was sitting and eating with uh, with all of his disciples, and he said, "They said to him, they said, you know, your disciples don't even wash their hands." And, you know, he says, you know, basically he goes on to say, hey, you know, this isn't right because it's not what enters into a man, but what comes out of man that defiles a man. See, their law, that was a different law. That was the Halakha law, H-A-L-A-K-H, Halakha law. So the Halakha law was, you know, you can't eat this, you do eat that. This is what you can wear. This is what you don't wear. This is how you do holidays. This is the Sabbath. Remember the Jewish Sabbath. You look on our Jewish 101 website. It'll tell you that the Sabbath is to be observed the sundown of Friday night until the sundown of Saturday night. That's the Sabbath. That is another law. There's six. There's over 613. There's many more, but there are 613 documented under just the Holocaust law that is documented that people need to follow. And these Pharisees were very involved and they had so many of these laws. Remember when God gave, he gave laws throughout. He said, you know, don't make deals with people that are heathenistic. Don't, don't make uh, agreements. Don't make treaties. You know, then he gave the 10 commandments. Then he gave us well these pharisees they added so many more laws so when he was coming against them when they would accuse him of doing wrong he would turn it he would turn it against them and he would say no you don't keep the law yourselves you you talk oh talk but you don't walk the walk and by the way you've made many more rules that's that's the preface he's speaking from He's not speaking from the preface of the Ten Commandments and the, the Pentateuch laws or the Torah laws. He's not speaking from that preference. He's speaking normally coming against them from all these other laws that they had made and the ones they were accusing him of. Remember, he, they said you shouldn't heal on the Sabbath. That was never at all in the law. That, that They were saying that now you're working. They're calling healings work. And he says, don't you even if you have an ox in the ditch, go and get the ox out? But see, they use the law to condemn other people. And that is mainly the preface that we have to be so careful of the law or the things that we do that maybe aren't necessarily in exactly in Scripture, but our convictions. And these people, these religious supposed to be people that 
you know, act religious, but didn't didn't do the things of God. They didn't believe in righteousness by faith in what Jesus did on the cross. They said, you know, basically, we believe our righteousness comes from doing all these good things. And there's people today that go into churches that believe they're right with God because they're going to church. I'm doing this to be right with God. And that's that you could call that a form of law, but that that's more of just a a humanistic idea that I'm going to do something for God to make myself right. And that's where it says that, you know, we, that we are justified by faith. We are saved by grace through faith. And that faith is what Jesus did on the cross. But when I believe that, that doesn't do away with moral standards. That doesn't do away and give me an excuse to go out and live like a heathen. That doesn't allow me just to ease my conscience and say, oh, well, I've sinned, so why not just go do this sin, or why not go watch this dirty movie, or why not go and cuss, or why not go and be, you know, given an alcohol and and drink alcohol and live a riotous life? Oh, well, but I'm afraid that's what the church is doing today. They're trying to say we're doing away with the law, and we see right here that Jesus said, no, we've not done away with the law. Not one jot, not one tittle shall no wise pass from the law till it all be fulfilled all to the end of day remember what the psalmist said in psalm 1 he said blessed the man who walketh not in the counsel of godly or stand in the way of sinner or citizen in the seat of the scornful but he says but he who meditates on the law of god day and night and let's just let's let's go back to New Testament because every time I go to the Old Testament, I've heard a lot of well, that's the Old Testament. Like that's a different dispensation. Like it's a different dispensation is simply looking at an area of time, and then once something happens, then it changes. So there, there, the idea is I've had the argument or disagreement with people that you can't use a lot of the Old Testament, and that's the same idea. Of this people say you can't use any of the law because it's all done away with. Well, that's silly. Then we wouldn't even use the Old Testament. No, we Abraham. Our father of faith was in the Old Testament. Moses, when he came out of he came out of Egypt, out from under slavery, he came into faith and into worship. And then God gave him the Ten Commandments. He established worship. Can we meet every law perfectly? No. But still, the implication is that we can shoot toward a holiness, that we can shoot toward a right moral living that can only be met through faith in Jesus Christ and the cross, what he did at the cross, and that the Spirit of God allows us to live the Christian life in a more moral way. So the Jewish people and the Jewish people today, they have all these laws and all these things. And you know what? There's Messianic Jews that follow different rituals and different, you know, Hanukkahs and things, and they don't do this and do that. You know what? I'm not against all that. My question is, have they received Jesus Christ as their Savior, and are they living a life that is that that is defendable in the eyes of the gospel. You know, what did he say right in Matthew chapter five before Jesus is talking about this, before he's talking about the law that I've not come to destroy it? What's he talking about? Remember, he's saying, you know, should a lamp be covered? No, you are the light of the world that you show your light before men. That's the context of Matthew chapter five when he talks about fulfilling the law, that we are to be a light to show our light to other men. 
And you know, it's so hard because I think in the church today, people have grabbed onto this idea that the law's done away with and we can't meet the law anyway and we all mess up anyway. So they just kind of flail themselves down into life and say, well, there's just nothing we can do. That's, that's insanity. That's not even reality. The reality is, is God died to send the Holy Spirit to help us govern our lives from sin. And remember what he says in Romans chapter 6, what Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We can't continue in sin. We have such an advantage over the patriarchs of our faith. We have such an advantage even over the scribes and the Pharisees. Yes, we're in a different dispensation. When Jesus went to the cross and died, he says, I'll send to you a teacher, a comforter that will come to you and that he will assist you. Look at the advantage we have in the Christian life. They didn't have that. Even those that he was speaking to, that he kept using their law against them. He would go against the Pharisees. They didn't have the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit assist them in this life. In other words, they were saying, I'm righteous because I'm doing some of these good things. I'm righteous because I'm doing this. No, we are to fall on our face before an all-sufficient God and say, I'm not righteous. There's no, not one, but... By the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can live this Christian life and I don't have to be what? I don't have to be controlled by sin. Remember what he remember what he said? He says, you shall not yield your members to unrighteousness, but we're to yield our members to righteousness. And I've never seen the like in all my life as it seems like just about every week or two goes by. I hear someone talking about what we can do in the kingdom of God to push the limits of God. What we, what we can get away with by sinning the kingdom of God. God help us if we have that attitude. We need to have the attitude that we need to live more right every day. We need to have the attitude that we are to have the idea that we can overcome sin. We cannot continue in sin that grace may abound. God forbid. No, we have to serve Christ with all of our heart. And remember what Jesus said? Let's just say we did do. Let's just use this case scenario. We okay. Jesus fulfilled them all. He was saying what Jesus was saying in the scripture that when he dies they're all fulfilled. We don't have to have the law of God. Well, what did he say? He said, "Let me tell you, let me sum up the commandments all in one. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength." What was that? He gave us another law. So you can't do away with the law. Jesus came fulfilled the law and then he actually gave us more laws. Because remember, what it said, remember what Paul said in Galatians, Galatians chapter three, he said that the law is our schoolmaster to teach us that we need faith in Christ. Remember, it's our schoolmaster. And, and so it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing that we have the law. I, I rejoice in the law of God. If it wasn't for the law of God that was written on my heart and knowing that my sin was wrong, I may have very well, more than likely, never came to faith. So I meditate on the law of God. I embrace the law of God. I think how great it is to know that a God loves me so much, he says, don't do this. Don't do that. Do this. Do that. Love people. Love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And you know what? It's difficult. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to love God with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, and all your strength. 
But that's what he keeps pointing us to. He keeps pointing us to the power of the Holy Spirit. He keeps pointing us to the work that he did on the cross. It's our schoolmaster to teach us our need for faith in his righteousness. And that's what he was trying to tell the Pharisees. He's saying, what I'm doing here, I am the Messiah. I am going to be your righteousness. You have no righteousness, but... You can be more righteous than you are. You can behave better than you do. He wasn't saying stop behaving good. He wasn't saying stop doing any rituals. He was saying that I'm coming to fulfill that. So know that you're right with God. So now I go to church on Sunday morning, not to prove myself to God or to make up anything with God, but I go to church on Sunday morning out of a gratitude that what he's done for me. And out of a gratitude, because God has done a great work on my heart, because those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so I go to worship him. And he says, forsake not the assembly cells of together as others have done. In Hebrews, it tells us not to forsake the assembly, to go to church. And people use this law done away with in the church to say, now you don't have to go to church anymore. I can watch it on TV. Well, God forbid. God forbid. What a great sacrifice it is to have to get up on a Sunday morning and have to go to church. Remember what they said about what was Jesus. Jesus, the Bible said, was full of grace and full of truth. Friends, that's my challenge to you, that we're to be full of grace and full of truth. And I'm afraid what we're doing in the church today, we're trying to run with grace and run with grace, but we've dropped truth. It's like the guy said when he pitched his dog a ball and he would had he had two balls and he would throw in one ball and he'd catch it and he threw the other ball, he'd drop it and pick the other one up. We're like that dog. Sorry for the rough analogy. But we drop the one ball and pick up another ball. And so I see people that are running with truth and saying, truth, 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 which is true. We need truth, but also we need grace. And we need to be wise enough in our mind, in our heart, in our thought life, in our spirit to be able to hold on to truth, knowing that God says, don't do some things. These things aren't good for me. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We need to repent of our sin. But then also... Hold grace in my other hand and say that I can sin and make mistakes and trust grace to help me, but also still know the truth that God doesn't want me to be bound by sin. God doesn't want me to be controlled by sin and ruined by sin. And I need to be able to hold both those thoughts at the same time. I'm afraid in the, in America today where we have this idea, it's the either or. Well, Jesus found a way to hold grace and to hold truth. He says, you Pharisees, you're a bunch of den of whitewashed tombs full of dead men bones. That was truth. I mean, that's rough truth. Can you imagine if we said that today to someone? They'd say, you're trying. I'll promise you, I know four or five folks that would stand up and say, you're trying to get them to serve the law. Who are you? Judge not lest you be judged. That's the one scripture everyone knows. Judge not lest you be judged. No, Jesus made righteous judgments by the power of God. Because he held grace and he held truth and he made these great divisions between the two and he understood the law. Believers can possess the knowledge and understanding of who he is and trust him for righteousness, but also still strive to be a better person, still strive to be a better Christian, still strive to be a better light. In Matthew chapter 5, how it says that we're to shine our light abroad before all men that all men can see us. Hey, sometimes we're the only Bible they'll ever read. 
So I encourage you, friends, be full of grace and full of truth. Meditate on the law of God. Look at the law and look at the scripture and thank God for all those stories of our patriarchs of our faith, the, the, the price they've paid. Choose you this day whom you will serve, Joshua said. Choose you whom this day, but as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Choose this day, blessing or cursing. You want blessing? Do the things of God. You want cursing? Do the things of the enemy. That's the law of God, friends. Until next time, I hope this word's been good to you. God bless.